Salutations and welcome to the 19th episode. We're almost 20. The 19th episode of the In the House podcast. I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am unbelievably stoked to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of my skin, excited to be here Such tonight. A good show. There's a lot of news. There was a crazy important guest tonight on the show. Uh, it's a it's a big show. Yeah, big show. A big one. Uh, I don't feel like I have it in me to bring this show to you all by myself. It's Arguably so big. Our biggest. I, I don't have the wherewithal to handle the show all on my own tonight. Oh, wow. So it's time for me to bring in the big shoulders. <laughs> time to bring in the heavy lifter, my partner, coming to you live today. Yeah. From a movie theater in Bangladesh. Yeah. Andy Frederick. Hi. Andy Frederick, Andy, ladies and gentlemen. Andy. Andy, what are you seeing in Bangladesh? Well, what, do they, what do they have out there? Bangladesh is, uh, it's act, they're actually surprisingly way ahead of most other markets as oh, far really? as injuries. Yeah, Big uh, cinema heads out there. Yeah, Avengers 4. Whoa. Already out. Whoa. No spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. I'm about to see it. Okay, well, enjoy. Well, I'm in the theater now, so if I'm get shushed, it's because I'm being quite loud. In Understood. The uh, I would be angry at you. Uh, well. Alright, but we, we don't have time for this. It's a big night. It's a big night. Okay, so uh, obviously the first most important thing to cover is the concept that uh, Coach O'Connor, since the last time that we spoke on the podcast, mm-hmm. has left the team and gone down to Orlando City. I'm very happy for him. It's, it's exciting for him and Coach yep. Bird. They've earned it. They did everything that Lou City could possibly have asked from them. Uh, won us a title. Never failed to go far th- to go less than the no. Eastern Conference Finals in the time since he's been there. And I'm relying on other people's statistics here. So if it's inaccurate, it's just my fault for quoting them. But my understanding is that during the time he was with Lou City, there was no team in American professional soccer who had a better winning percentage That's over that time frame than James O'Connor. He was as successful as a coach could be yeah. under the circumstances with our budget, with our resources, with our market share, starting from a blank piece of paper. Yeah, literally. And here we are today. We just broke ground on the stadium since the last mm-hmm. time we talked. We've played two games since the last time we talked. Don't lie. It's, it's been some stuff, man. Some stuff is going on. Uh, and amazingly, that might all come in second to our guest. Because tonight... I still cannot believe... Yeah, it was awkward for everybody. Uh, Our guest tonight was Mayor Greg Fisher. The? Mayor Greg Fisher of Louisville. Louisville's mayor. Yeah, the guy who's in charge of Louisville. We went to his office. Yeah, in Mayor Fisher's office, he talked to us about Louisville City Football Club, his fanhood, his, his movie preferences. We got to be horribly out of place and awkward in... The mayor's office. I, I just want to explain to you how seriously I took it. I wore pants. I wore pants. I was surprised. It's ninety-five degrees outside, and I didn't just—I didn't just show up in my boxers like I normally would. Yeah. I didn't just wear shorts like any reasonable human being would. I wore pants. You dressed up. You looked good. Wow. Well, you had a little back sweat. Man, who wouldn't? The <laughs> pressure was on, and it was seven thousand degrees. I had bubble guts. I'm I don't blame you for that. I was nervous. We were nervous, but it was a great time. But before we get to that interview, we're going to do a quick game review and game preview. Uh, there's no 
this is no time to stand on ceremony. Mm-hmm. So let's get to it. We've played two games since we last. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, Before I say toss? that, there was a coin toss. You'll hear it during our interview with Mayor Fisher. Mayor Fisher did, in fact, toss the coin, and it was Tails. Mm-hmm. Tails again. I can confirm. 13 to 6 now in favor of Tails. I was hoping he would be the one that broke it. Get us back on the heads? Yeah. But he didn't. It was a Tails. And so we're going to do our game review really quickly. We're going to fire through these. Yes. All right. So two games have been played since we last spoke. Yes. Uh, We played against Penn FC Mm -hmm. and did not win. We did not. We played against New York Red Bulls 2. And did not win. Penn FC was our first loss. Our first home loss of the season. It was tough. It was it was tough to deal with. It was a sloppy game. We didn't look strong. Uh, it looked like we were comfortable getting out of there with a draw, and I didn't like that. Yeah. And ended up conceding. Scored again. Yeah. Conceding late, giving up the lead. We've been giving up leads in the second half for. Weeks now. It's kind of been our MO. Yeah, other than the Bethlehem game, I think this entire five-game stretch, we've had a lead in the second half of every one of these games and have not managed to win any of them. We're going to have to turn that around. I don't know if it's just exhaustion from all the games. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. mental exhaustion because there have been some silly mistakes. It's got to be. You would think. It's got to be. Well, because like I feel like our running theme is that you watch them play and it's it's there just doesn't seem to be a lot. They're not clicking. Yeah, yeah. Well, and last year we were such a second half team. We played so yeah. well in the second halves of games last year that it was that it's unusual to see us sort of falling apart right now. Yeah. And you don't think that it can be conditioning because our guys are almost always conditioned better yeah. than our opponents. Some of it has got to be the limited roster. We don't have as many guys to run out there. You tack on a U.S. Open Cup run. Yeah. The guys are putting a lot of minutes on their bodies. The second half, it looks like we're starting to drag. We've been pulling. Ownby in like the 60th minute, and I don't blame them for pulling Ownby. He, the guy runs like a house on fire, yeah. which I, I assume is fast. He fast. runs a lot, and you can't wear him completely down or we'll have nothing but nubs left where his legs should be. Mm-hmm. But he's also been our most dynamic scoring threat, and so pulling him from games early, a lot of times it feels like, we're sort of forcing ourselves to shut up shop at that point. Yeah. And that's tough. I don't I don't really love that. No. Uh, There's definitely a, a, a momentum slowdown yes. when he comes off the field. Agreed. It's like it's at this point it's it's noticeable. Yeah. When he comes off. It's like, oh well. It doesn't seem like we uh, press forward quite in no. the same voracious fashion. Uh, it'll be different once uh, Richie Ballard comes back. I think that he'll bring a similar energy to the second yeah. half of the games. Well, right now, I wouldn't mind seeing us, you know, start George Davis and Magnus, and then let yeah. and then let uh, Ownby come in, you know, in the fiftieth minute or something like that, and go full tilt for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. If we don't feel like he can give us seventy-five minutes in a game, yeah, then bring him in close to the start of the second half, right? Because he's really been a lot of our momentum for, for yeah. offense. Now, in the most recent game against New York Red Bulls 2 on Saturday, uh, got out to a 2 nothing lead, felt really good about it. Going into halftime, you're up 2 nothing. Cameron scoring goals. Yeah. It's nice to see him back. Beautiful goal from Cameron. Uh, especially the one from basically midfield, a yeah. wonder strike. Uh, 
over the keeper's head. And it even took Scouts' ass a minute to really to realize, realize what's what going happened. on because yeah. uh, it was like, oh, hey, sh- wait a minute. Oh, my, it's oh, in. <laughs> it was exciting. And uh, yeah. it was. It felt nice to get a lead. It felt like 2 nothing was pretty comfortable. Yeah. And in the second half, the, the wheels just sort of fell off. We didn't have possession in the second half. We didn't have momentum in the second half. It seemed like they were beating our press really easily yes. in the second half. And uh, frankly, I thought it was lucky that we didn't end up taking the loss. Not only did they go ahead eventually, mm-hmm. uh, Red Bulls 2 took the lead 3-2 to two on us. Yeah. Three unanswered goals. One of them on... A- the penalty An was arguable weak. penalty. The penalty was weak. I mean, it is what it is. An arguable penalty. It felt to me like you got to give the keeper the benefit of the doubt in these yeah. in these situations. He was clearly going for the ball. There was a miscommunication between him and the defender about who was going to take it. But the keeper's got to have a right to go through the ball there, and it felt a little chintzy for them to uh, give us the penalty on that. But they did, and it's their prerogative. He's the referee. That's a stupid prerogative. It is. We talked a couple of weeks ago about maybe some of the luck will start coming back to us. We, we get a couple of calls. We get a couple of bounces. This did not feel like a no, game where that happened. This is the opposite of that prediction. <laughs> so they went from the 50th minute until the 80th minute really looking like the dominant side. The 85th minute even really looking like the dominant side. They take the lead and... Uh, Credit, all credit to the guys for uh, climbing out of that hole, getting yeah. getting the tie in stoppage time stoppage. to make sure we don't take a loss, two consecutive home losses. But in Coach O'Connor's final game, I really thought, especially getting after the two nothing lead, I really yeah. thought, all right, here's a game where we're gonna we're gonna win this we're with three one or off something. With a bang. We're gonna show him like, hey, this is where you brought us. This is what we can do because of you. But we had that same mental lapses in the second half. Did not perform up to snuff. And it was tough to watch for a while. I mean, for a good 30 minutes of that game, it was tough to watch. That third goal, and and the third goal in stoppage, it was awesome because, you know, nobody likes, I mean, I'll take a draw over a loss. Absolutely. But it was still, even the goal itself felt like a a squeak through. It it felt like we just got it. Yeah. It just got it. And it's it's tough when you're not on your best run of form. Now, you know, five games, four draws, one loss. That's, That's not good. But it's also not uber panicky time. So you still don't think that the sky is falling. Last podcast you said we're not quite to the sky is falling. And we've had a loss and a draw since then at home. And I still don't feel like we're there. I'm sorry. We're we're fourth in the league right now. Third or fourth in the league. Very uh, tied for fourth, I think. Tied for third or fourth. We've still got games in hand. I mean, I know that that's no longer, not over the teams we're tied with, but over first place Cincinnati, we've still got games in hand. We're not in good shape. I'm not going to lie and say that that's the situation. It's not like where I'd choose for us to be. But I'm not terrified about it. The guys just aren't playing their best. There are some weary legs. We need to get back from injury. We need to have a couple of breaks go our way. And also, we need to play some, some bottom feeders. We haven't gotten to play Toronto yet. And playing Toronto... Unless you're Cincinnati, you pretty much chalk it up. You pretty much chalk it up as a win. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think that we are in the uber panic mode. Okay. As long as you get to the playoffs, especially as long as you get to the playoffs with a home playoff game, so stay in the top four. Yeah. As long as you get, you know, once you get there, it's just who's playing well at that moment. Yeah. You know? 
it, you're not going to give a damn that we lost a game to Penn that we shouldn't have lost no. when the playoffs roll around. We had plenty of games like that last season. Sure, the, the Toronto game comes yeah. to mind. And so we've got uh, we've got a couple of. I mean, shoot, we've still got half the season to get our legs under us, to figure out what we're not doing well, what we can improve. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know who our coach will be in the end, which <laughs> I'm looking at as a as a positive. Uh, I think that the triumvirate of George, Paolo, and Luke will do a great job, and that we will uh, – but I also don't think it will be a very long time period. Mm-hmm. I'm getting hints and indications – that this is not a process that should last us for months. Well, the Courier put out a list. It was like four or five possibilities. There are a number of uh, coaches out there who might fit the bill very well. We've been hearing a couple of those names. A lot of people like Mark Dos Santos out of LAFC. A lot of people like Mark Lowry at uh, uh, Jacksonville Armada. There are people who would like to see Ken Lola from University of Louisville. There are, there are a number of people, and then frankly, I don't care who you are. You don't know all of the hot assistants with every team in the, no. in the country. No. Uh, so I'm just going to trust the process, and uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk during Purple Stuff after the interview with the mayor about uh, where I expect the coaching search to go. But we don't know who the coach will be is my point. we got a long season left ahead of us. And as long as we're rounding into form yeah. and rounding into health mm-hmm. and that we don't drop below those top four slots and have to yeah. play all road games. Yeah. In I, a strange way, we're actually in a very exciting time. Absolutely. For the team. We've Anything got all these people who are on the cusp of coming back. Yep. A lot of people almost healthy. We are in a spot where we are potentially about to get an amazing coach. Maybe. So the next few games, I think, there's going to be kind of a, an air of, like, what happens next. Yeah. And it's going to make it very exciting. Yeah, I agree. And I think we're going to see some weirdness. Not weirdness. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some different stuff from the team. Like, let's try some stuff. Yeah, let's just find out what we can do. We don't know. Like, we can coach isn't here. It's us coaching ourselves. So let's see what, let's see what we can do. Stuff that will maybe get the guys fired up. Yeah. You know, uh Obviously, you want to see the same discipline that Coach O'Connor always instilled in these guys. But also, sometimes that maybe you're going to be a little more creative. Yeah. Maybe you feel a little more freedom on the field. Yeah. I think we might see a little more individual brilliance than we've gotten to see. So because Coach O'Connor preaches, 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 you know, system, system, system. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not going to have that same voice. Now, the all three of the coaches, the player coaches have talked clearly about wanting to maintain what Coach O'Connor has done. They're not trying yes. to reinvent the wheel here. They're going to go through the same processes week by week. But, yeah, but I don't think that precludes anybody from precludes them from saying, hey. You know that play we always wanted to try, that Coach O'Connor was always like, no, we're going to run my exactly. sets? Exactly. Maybe, maybe you know who I, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Sean Francis yeah. all of a sudden do something crazy. That's completely reasonable. He's shown a lot of individual skill. Yeah. I'm wondering if this maybe doesn't unleash Magnus a little bit, who I can see it is always really good on the ball, but doesn't get to operate in space a lot. He's he's always having to be a cog yeah, in the uh, in, in the, the buildup. He's in the mix, yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe that we don't see him be able to have just a little more freedom of uh, hey, I want to try this thing, yeah. and maybe I'll blow past a guy yeah. instead of well, I'm going to play this ball out into the corner like I'm supposed to because yeah. otherwise I'll get I'll have to run laps on Monday. Yeah. 
So I'll be interested to see where we go from here. But, uh, you know, another loss and another draw. It's uh, it's not ideal. It's not what we would want to see from the team. Obviously, everybody likes wins. Everybody likes, you know, riding high. But we still got the Open Cup match in Chicago coming up. We've still got a big game against Tampa Bay this week, this coming week. And so let's preview it. Let's talk about Tampa Bay. Uh, it'll be the first game without Coach O'Connor is obviously the first thing that you recognize. It's an away game, away game which I think is nice, honestly. I think, really? that, I think the guys would probably feel a little more pressure to perform well in front of the I home know. fans. I can see that. And so I think it might be nice for them to sort of get out from under the watchful eye of you know, 6,000 nuts who are desperate to see what these guys are going to do and how they'll do, and you're judging them, and you're... They, right. Even, no matter how much support we want to throw at them. I was going to say, do you, think, you don't think that there would be a level of, of comfort that they would feel playing at home without their coach for the first time? Like, do you... you don't there think- might be. I, I, well, that's the thing is, I mean, we've interviewed four of these players and had interactions with all of them at some yeah. point, most of them. And uh, I really don't have a feel for, for what their opinion, I mean, how they'll react to this is. I think they're all pretty mature dudes. I think that they're all guys who have a good soccer heads on their shoulders. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, sort of like what we were talking about, about the freedom of playing without a coach, I think it might be nice to not have to sort of feel the weight of expectation from the fans. Get a game under your belts before you have to come yeah, home and play in front of the home that. fans. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe, you know, they go down to Tampa, and because Coach O'Connor's not there, they're all out at bars until 2 in the morning. They're hammered. They show up hungover and lose 8 to nothing. I don't know. They might I play just, the best hungover, though. Maybe they do. Maybe that's what we find out from this trip, is that our guys are actually incredible when hammered. We're entering unknown territory it's at exciting. this point. It's it is exciting, and I, I'm I'm optimistic about how this game is going to go. I think that they band together here. I think this is I one of those galvanizing experiences, and that we see. Like I say, I don't think it's going to be a very long process. I think that we have a coach. Just pure speculation. Mm-hmm. I think we have a coach by the time we get back from Chicago. That's what I think. Yeah. But uh, I think that during this time period. It'll be a galvanizing force that the guys will be like, hey, let's play for each other. Let's leave it all out on the field. We don't want to disappoint each other. Yeah. Uh, have each other's backs. Like varsity blues. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. When Lance Harbor yeah. led them to victory, uh, I'm pretty sure that Luke Spencer was auditioning for that role yeah. of, uh, of Lance Harbor. Coach O'Connor is a better person than John Voight's character yeah. in general. Bud Kilmer. Yeah, I can't believe I know this stuff, but I do. But I do. Uh, who do? You, who then becomes Johnny Mox? Which one is he? That's Jonathan Moxon. That oh, is the Dawson. The Dawson. Yeah. Um, I think they, ooh, Dawson man. only got to play because the other guy got hurt. I think the Dawson has got to be uh, uh, Ilya Illich is the Dawson. Yeah. Stepping in, becoming yeah. a star because Luke yeah. was hurt and Cameron yes. was hurt, got some time, and now Luke's the coach, just like Lance Harbour. It's a perfect freaking metaphor. Do you think Do you think Ilya wants your life? I think that <laughs> I don't want your life is about accurate. The only question then becomes, uh, how do they convince somebody in the front office and who will it be that has to wear the whipped cream bikini? Oh, yeah. Because I'm guessing that it's going to be Brandon Morris. I don't have any reason to suspect that. I'm just guessing that Brandon Morris will be rocking the whipped cream bikini. Brad could 
pull off. Brad with a gun <laughs> and whipped cream bikini. Uh, this has gone in a oh, terrible direction. It was right. unintended. Back on track. Didn't see Varsity Blues coming here, but that's was, well done. I was proud of myself. Oh, yeah, you should be. All right, so uh, they've got the game coming up. Tampa Bay, always a solid team to play yes. against. They, uh, uh, Much like New York, who we played this past week, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. They've played well sometimes. They've played terribly sometimes. Historically, they're much better at home. Yeah. Uh, so playing them at home is always it's tougher tough. than uh, getting them on the road where they tend to be more disorganized. They recently fired their coach and hired a uh, uh, one of their players to be a new player coach. So they're going through the same deal. There is no professional head coach going to be participating That's in this Tampa Bay game. Player coach versus player coach. Well, and we've got three of them, so I think that makes us superior to them in every way. Well, yeah. Well, do you think the other two will flank them then? I would hope. I would hope. Uh, I'm expecting, uh, you know, that they'll do what they do, which is try to build through the middle with Joe Cole mm-hmm. and uh, then play into the middle to Fernandez and uh, uh, Georgie Ristoff. And that's what, I mean, it's it's tried and true for them. It works out pretty well whenever it's working, and it's terrible and awkward when it's not. So we'll see what, they, uh, what Tampa Bay brings. I think that the story of this game is not what is Tampa going to do. The story of this game is how are we going to respond to some adversity that's been thrown our way. We're not playing at our best. We just lost our coach. What do you got, boys? Yeah. You know? This is this is gut check time. Yeah, this is the nut up or shut up time. This is the time to do it. If you are going to nut up. This is now. Now is the time. I'm optimistic. I think that the guys really uh, bring it all Leave it all out on the field. They get a full week of practice and rest and uh, not having to play a game midweek, which mm-hmm. is they've got to be really pleased about. I know that Luke Spencer did his press conference today as coach and announced that he gave that the, the triumvirate gave the boys the day off today on Monday, which they didn't usually do. They almost always practice on Monday, but uh, the first act of our coaches was to say, you know what, you guys need a rest. Let's take some rest. Let's take a day. Uh, I think that's probably a good thing. I think I it's going to win them some goodwill. And then I also think that uh, the guys need a couple of uh, just sort of rest days like this every now and then throughout the season. It was a good choice. So I've got us winning 2-0. 2-0 victory. Yeah. Yeah, I think we get a shutout. I think Paco comes back from his uh, red uh, his, um, yellow card accumulation suspension. Uh, determined, mm-hmm. and that he just roughs Georgie Ristoff up all game. I think that they get nothing up front. I think that we shut them down. I think the defense is disappointed with giving up three goals, particularly three second-half goals mm-hmm. to a team like New York, and that the defense comes out on a mission, and we get uh, we get the 2-0 victory. Mm-hmm. I've got a goal being scored by Niall. Okay. I think Niall McCabe... Cranks one home, and I think he gets it from a nice cross straight into the six-yard box on a nice ball coming in from Sean Francis. Okay. I've got us at 2-1, but I like to do things dramatically. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Come with me on this journey. I'm, I've got nowhere else to be. 2-1. Okay. 2-1. I think they score the first goal. Ooh. I think they get it first. Yeah, like okay. like Varsity Blues again. The galvanizing moment, that's when it happens. And the guys all just look at that's each other and go they have a moment, they look at each other and like, uh, no. We're not going out like this. We're not doing this. Send Billy Bob on the exactly. uh, run down the field. I think and then I think we see just an explosion from people. I think we get the first our first goal 
from Ownby. Okay. I think he, I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's a cross from anybody. I think we tear apart their midfield. Just beats them. He just beats them up. Just like, just, off, just, and like rails playing, it Like in. playing FIFA, just running around. Yeah, people. exactly. Just, just rails it in. All right. Top right corner. Top right corner. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing where you come from. I think I'm going to make a prediction on the second one, and then I'm going to make a dream prediction. Oh, for goodness sakes. Here yeah. we go. I think our second goal comes from a corner. No. I am. This is I my shock no, face, no, no, Andy. No, 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 no. This is, this is the realistic one. I think, realistically, our second goal comes from a corner. Okay. I think Oscar puts it perfectly, and I think we'll say Paco. No. Again, because A, I just like Paco. Yeah. And B, because I think you're right, he does come back determined. It's yeah. Like, you know what? I'm Didn't like not being there for the team in the last ball, game. I'm putting it in that net, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Okay. Right? All right. Here's I'm, the dream goal. The dream goal. The dream goal. If it's better than Cam's goal from 55 yards, I don't know how to help you. This isn't going to make this isn't gonna make any sense. I think, weirdly, Greg, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Punts it down. A little closer to their goal than he thought it was going to be. All right. Launches right. one. Just like, phew, Has enough English on it. And in some weird melee, because Tampa is disorganized, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't have a coach. Mm -hmm. Oh, Disorganized. Okay. But we have... Three coaches. Three coaches. Yeah. So we're solid, right? And the yeah. chaos of Tampa, it lands, takes a weird hit off the turf, so you think Greg? I think in the, in the, my, my dream goal is Greg knocks one in. Well, I mean, I'd be excited about it. I, I think that it would make the news. Like it would be, it would be I talked about. I know it's ridiculous, and not even ridiculous from like it's happened. a person who doesn't know anything about soccer standpoint, but like just in general, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's happened, but nothing's impossible. Not nearly impossible. Uh, you know, with an attitude like that, all things are possible. So. All right, Greg scores a goal. You heard it here first. If Greg scores in this game, I think that we all have to retire and just let Andy be in charge of soccer <laughs> for this country. It's not going to happen. No, it's really not. But technically, there's a chance. Yeah, I'm saying there is a chance. <laughs> that concludes our game preview, and uh, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any other game previewing to do or game reviewing to do. No, we didn't go we fully technical here. There's no. a lot to cover. And one of the things that needs to be covered is our interview with the damn mayor of Louisville. He was so cool. He was very cool. He uh, he was gracious. He was kind. He was eloquent. He was insightful. He was everything that you can hope for in a mayor and in an interview subject. Yeah. You know what I like best about interviewing him? Because he, let's face it, we were, he, you and I were nervous. That he smelled pleasantly of nutmeg? He, really did smell great sure but we were nervous absolutely right? i think it's outside of our comfort zone he his interview was very accessible yeah he felt approachable it's almost like for a living he communicates his ideas to people and i get that yeah he did a great job uh we hope you agree we hope you think we did an okay job because it was a lot of fun for us to get to do it was an honor to be in the mayor's office distinct honor Forget about your politics. It doesn't matter. He was a, uh, He's a fan, and that came through. He enjoys going to the games. He enjoys what this team means for the city of Louisville. And no matter what your politics are, that's that's a good thing to have, and a mayor is a cheerleader for your city. So 
Uh, without any further ado, I'll pitch it over to myself and uh, our interview with Mayor Greg Fisher. All right, welcome back. And as promised, we are now here with our guest tonight, who is someone you may have heard of if you've been to a Louisville City Football Club match. He is the President Emeritus yep. of the Groove Machine Drumming Corps, <laughs> and I believe he has some sort of day job so, also. Yeah, what, what's I, the other, it's what's nice to know he's got something. It's nice to know he's got something to fall back on oh, yeah. if politics doesn't work out. But we are unbelievably honored to be joined by Mayor Greg Fisher. Well, it's great to be good here with you guys. You know, you got to have a plan B, so mine, <laughs> mine's percussion. It is an election year, so it's it's good to have something in the back pocket. Yeah, you strike me as somebody with amazing rhythm, so. Well, you haven't seen me. <laughs> <laughs> as Scouse's house, we're on the exact opposite end of the pitch. We're the guys above the flags on the other side, and so uh, we only get to hear the great uh, results. We don't get to see how the sausage is made down there. So. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to get an A for effort. Let's put it that way. That's all anybody That's all right. can ask. Okay, Mayor Fisher, I have one important question and then we'll get to the other stuff. And the important question is, do I pay my unpaid parking tickets to you directly or is there somebody I should see in your office? I want no, nothing to do with any kind of cash <laughs> payments. Here. So if I slip you this $20 bill, nothing's going to happen? Well, there's people behind that door over there that are watching us right now. Understood. Okay, okay. wow. Well, that's not <laughs> I, I, I generally feel like I'm being watched all the time. Okay, so we are obviously enormous fans of the team, and you have been instrumental in bringing the team here in the first place, and then helping to get the stadium, uh, the stadium that we just broke ground on, uh, off the ground. Talk to me about when the idea for LCFC first uh, was brought to you, uh, and what your level of involvement was before the team uh, sort of came into existence. Well, I've always been a, a soccer fan, not a huge soccer fan like you guys, but I, I am right now. I'm a huge <laughs> Louisville City fan, let's put right. it that Understood. Way. And so there was a lot of interest in the community about uh, soccer. Wayne Estopinol was obviously one of the first guys to really help bring the team mm -hmm. to the city, and a lot of the energy that he had came off of uh, Mockingbird Valley and the stuff that he'd been down doing down there. So uh, when I... I was in the loop, you know, throughout the process of them trying to bring it here. And of course, I thought it would be great, you know, for the city, for all the obvious reasons. It's a sport, not just of today, but of, of the future. Right. We needed a great product like this in the city. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it would be good in terms of what we're doing with attracting millennials, foreign-born population. So it kind of ticked off all of those boxes that just said it could be great for a city. And then to play at Slugger Field with its you know adjacency to downtown and the great places you can walk to for food and beverage, I just thought it would be a great thing to add to the city and it certainly has turned out to be that way. Yeah. I was going to say, has it measured up to what you expected? Has it surpassed what you thought it might be? Or is it pretty much right in line with where you thought uh, the club and uh, its effect on the community has been? I think it's uh, meeting expectations, right? And it's meeting high expectations. Nice. I don't want to say that uh, we're where we want to be. We'll never be where we want to be right. until we've got that MLS trophy. Here, sure. Right. And that's the ultimate goal. Uh, but when you take a look at the fan support from day one has been incredible. Right. So our supporter groups like you guys, just general folks showing up, the buzz inside the stadium, you know, it's palpable, right? Yeah. I mean, it feels great to be in a Louisville City game. And that's happened from day one. We didn't know what kind of coach we were going to have with James O'Connor when this mm -hmm. thing started. 
but he turned out everything to be everything that we hoped he would be in terms of being a guy that could really identify talent. Uh, he could make a team gel. Uh, you know, he brought the serious, no nonsense personality. That's what he, he did. does. He did. And uh, so he ended up being great. Our owner group has evolved in a beautiful way where they keep putting their money where their mouth is, mm -hmm. you know, to make this a successful program. Right. So you put all that together, you know, winds up in a league championship in our third season of I mean, yeah. which is pretty incredible. It's kind of unheard of. Yeah, and, then, and then, then you go on from that, and then just last week, of course, we announced a new stadium being built. It's going to be one of the great soccer experiences certainly in this country yeah. and they tied it in with urbanism and its location is awesome where it is and it gets rid of the junkyard that was over there so there's all kind of city planning reasons why this is fantastic so i think uh look i mean we all know uh coach left last week had to leave mm -hmm. we understand why but when you take a look at this franchise of louisville city right now in terms of u.s soccer this is one of the most enviable places that you'd want to be so if we sat here four years ago and said, here's all the things we'd want to see happen mm -hmm. over these next four seasons with Louisville City and, and saw what happened, we'd say, we'd take that any day of the week. Yeah. Do you, with how much of an, I mean, how wrapped into UofL athletics, obviously the city of Louisville is, do you ever see a time when LCFC itself, whatever, it's, as far as its financial contribution to the community, and like the local economy, do you ever see a time where it would possibly rival what U of L does? Well, to me, it, it's a different kind of experience. I mean, uh, you know, you've got uh, USL we're in right now. You've got a pathway toward MLS. It, I mean, MLS is where the big money is right now. Sure, it takes big money to get in as well. But when you take a look at what the growth of these soccer franchises could be over the next decade or mm -hmm. two, and you were playing what well, with uh, MLS, we'd be playing. 20 to 20, 25 games a year, is that about right? Uh, generally speaking, in the range of 30 for yeah. your, uh, for an MLS season right. at home. Sure. And so you take a look at UofL, you know, basketball, you know, is about 20 to 25 games. Football would be five or six or mm -hmm. so. Uh, and that's about a $110 million a year total athletics budget. So I don't know about ticket <laughs> sales and all that but you know if you're if you're part of a big tv package yeah you know you've got that and so there's all types of intangibles the kind of thing i look at this when i think about U of L and i think about louisville city is it's good for us to have pro sports in in the city relative to where the university looks like to me it's a win-win type of thing mm -hmm. and what you see at louisville city is the whole city is for the team right so it, in louisville believe it or not we have some uk fans Go i've never heard university of that. <laughs> fans. i've never and heard so of that. not everybody is for you <laughs> so you know what i like about louisville city it's the entire city's team right it's right. red and blue equals purple yeah well, that's very good. First, but, first time you've used that, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never said that before. He, he, he knew it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I came up with that on the spot. <laughs> I can read you like a book. Uh, <laughs> now, you mentioned uh, Coach O'Connor and his impact on the team and uh, what it, he brought. Is there any truth to the rumor that you are looking to be the uh, the next head coach of the squad? <laughs> Please don't break that right now. That was supposed to be a very quiet thing. And I'm, <laughs> I was, I was flattered when the team came to speak to me about that. I, I told them they could do much, much better than me. I'm, I'm okay in management, but not coaching. You might be an amazing coach and just not know it. 
Well, I don't think Louisville City should be the one to figure that's, out. That's, that's fair. fair. Thank could, you for that. Could be a downside he, he to could, as well. I, I think the best position I have is being a fan of the team and, and a strong supporter of the team. I just really like the style that they've done things. And, you know, the owner's group has been fantastic. The administration of the team is strong. And then the on-field product is great. And as I said before, there's something special about going to Louisville City game. And it's amazing how people, how many people have not been to a game. It is. Right? And we they talk hear, about that They constantly. hear all kind of good things. Now, those are the folks that we need to be make sure that they're buying season tickets. Absolutely. Okay, yes. because when we open the new stadium in 2020, the, the goal, obviously, is that all of those tickets, all those seats are sold through season tickets. Mm -hmm. Sold out every week. And we we pull as many extra. people as possible to buy season tickets. Yeah, I well, want you to do that. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I mean, it's a big part of the, to see the product. It's a big part of the mission of our uh, of our club in particular is to bring a person each week because we always say that uh, out of every three people you bring, one of them is going to come back every time. Yeah. What do people say when they experience it for the first time? It, it it's usually a sense of shock that they haven't uh, that they didn't know that there was something that had this kind of passion behind it, especially mm -hmm. for sports fans. I remember Andy had no yeah. notion of uh, of soccer. I uh, was not a really even a professional sports fan, but uh, we pulled him in for that first season to come and catch some games as a social thing. And uh, he's uh, now he's a co-host of a soccer-specific podcast. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah. uh, who knew? Not me. That's <laughs> <laughs> now you talk about coming to coming to the games and that being a special experience. Do you have any games that uh, stand out to you as favorites since uh, you've been attending them? Well, of course, the championship game was. That was a little bit of a up, I guess. <laughs> just, just because you work so hard to, you know, win every game mm -hmm. and then to win the league and then to keep progressing through the yeah. finals. And, you know, if you're a sports fan at all, and, and I am, it's hard to win championships. Mm -hmm. But some team is going to win a championship, yeah. you know, so why not your team? But for everything to go right the way it is, and, of course, soccer is not a high-scoring sport, you know, so one more goal ties the thing up and then you know who knows what's going to happen from there so to hang on to that and make see that happen in year three and knowing all the people that have worked so hard and all the fans that have cheered so hard mm -hmm. for it to come together that quickly and then I, and then I think what's kind of neat about it was nobody got the big head about it it's just like we're the champions that's great and now let's come back and keep putting a good, good product on the field how do you build you know championship dynasties you know, and how do, you, how do you have that level of ongoing excellence and quality and commitment? And I sense that uh, yeah. with this team. So that was fantastic. And then the game just this past uh, Saturday against uh, Red Bull, mm -hmm. uh, the closing of that was pretty darn exciting. I mean, you know, for us to score the tying goal and stoppage on O'Connor's last game, I think, was pretty special. It was extremely special. I know that uh, there was a nice environment for this game in particular, and that championship game was just, it was mind-blowing on a weekday night, seeing 15,000 people in the stadium yeah. and going uh, going that nuts over uh, a, a thing that they wouldn't have even thought existed the three years prior to that. Well, and I can't imagine, you know, when we have the soccer-specific stadium. Whew. Oh with, man! With the, the electricity and that kind of environment, or, you know, you got the roof over it to keep the sound yeah. in the stadium, and all the advice we'll be giving to the opposing teams, they'll be able to hear that. So yeah. it's going to be pretty special. They I, heard, I heard that Taylor Swift showed up at the soccer game. On I'm pretty sure that she was supposed to sing the national anthem, but uh, there was there was a complication. Apparently, she was uh, stuck in traffic because it was. Uh, 
It was a big day for uh, downtown Louisville. She made me late. She, no, she, she didn't have she didn't have a ticket. That, well, she it's, showed up and it's like you got to pay up. Here, I'm lady. sorry, I swept, but yeah. Get it. <laughs> She's like, well, I don't have any cash on me. I said, well, you're out. Come back some other time. <laughs> talk to one of your bouncers. <laughs> was it a, was it a tough decision for you whether to go to Taylor Swift or go to the LCFC game this week? That was an easy decision for me. <laughs> and, uh, although I heard it was a great show. Great yeah. show. Very, I mean, very likely. How many people are out there? Like 40,000, 50,000 people. Like that, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that entertainment on that kind of global stage. She's put, she's a great entertainer. Sure. So these things all, you know, the city's got huge momentum right now. So whether, oh, yeah. it's, whether it's a big event like that, think of the impact on our restaurants and our hotels. Mm-hmm. Louisville City is having an impact on our restaurants and our hotels. And I love not only where it's at position today with the games, but where it's going to be at its new uh, location in terms of access to bars and restaurants. And just it, our city now has uh, tourism like we never had it before with bourbonism. Uh, the convention center downtown is opening. You know, there's just a buzz in downtown that there hadn't been before. We've never had this yeah. amount of activity. So it's. Uh, it's a great time in our city. We're going through a real renaissance right now. Being able to add a professional sports team like LCFC to that momentum, I'm sure has been helpful. Has it, does it make you more optimistic about the chances of bringing some other form of professional sports to Louisville, the success that LCFC has had? Or do you think that it's just, if the right opportunity comes along, great. And if it doesn't, uh, we're very proud of the bats and of LCFC, and there's no need for professional for a uh, major professional sports league uh, to join the city. Well, there's always talk about an NBA team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously a crazy basketball city on one night. Uh, it was three years ago. There were 45,000 people watching college basketball. Kentucky was out at uh, Freedom Hall, and U of L was down at the Yum Center. I mean, think about that in one city. That's hard to pull off. Uh, but these franchises don't become available all the time. It's no, not like no. you just go shopping for one or, you know, go to Amazon. Or, you know, <laughs> I mean, like an yeah, NBA team, right. please? And uh, it's like, well, it's over your credit. Limit. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so we're all, we're ready to be opportunistic at the right time with the right situation. I think you, you have to be ready to play as a city. Mm-hmm. How do you get hyped for games? I've always been curious about this because we see you walking around, saying hi to everybody, obviously doing the mayor thing, doing your mayor stuff. But like before you go to the games, is there like a certain shirt that you wear? Is there like certain, like, is there like a dance that you do in the mayor? Any superstitions? I tend, you know, I sit in my car and I just bang my forehead on the, on the, <laughs> on the windshield of the car. You just blare Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually coming from some other place, you know. I, yeah. I, I'll have between, you know, 10 and 12 meetings a day. So I'm, normally I'm running from just whatever my most recent meeting is. So uh, it's nice to walk into the stadium uh, and just feel it, mm-hmm. you know, feel the vibe of the fans. Uh, there's always a buzz of excitement in the air, and you're instantly whatever it was you were thinking about before. I mean, you, it's great. You know, it's it's really relaxing <laughs> and exciting yeah. to be at the games at the same time. And of course, uh, just knowing how the franchise has evolved is just you got a lot of satisfaction over that. I'm excited for the team. I'm excited for the owners group. I'm excited for the supporters group. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. Yeah, Andy and I were both. Uh, uh, 
visitors during the process going through city council or going through metro council oh, i'm sorry uh, about uh, the stadium deal trying to lend our support behind the team we know that you were heavily involved in the stadium deal being put together was there any one aspect of it that you were adamant about that uh, this has to be included in this or uh, did you just feel that the, the the package that was put together initially was an appealing one well, we were together from the very beginning in terms of uh, you know demand, estimating demand, site location, et cetera. This site was very important uh, because the, that site was an eyesore before in terms of its usage. And so getting it cleaned up, regardless of whether or not there was going to be a soccer stadium there, it has been a priority. And the deal was structured as such that if, for whatever reason, the soccer stadium district fell through, you know, we would be developing it in some other way. So. Mm -hmm. When you think about where you'd love to have a stadium, Waterfront Park, one of the great parks in the country on one side, and then one of the great neighborhoods in, in Nulu on the other side, you know, hat trick. <laughs> I mean, that's right. as good as it gets. And then we needed a, a financial uh, formula that was good for the citizens and made sense for the owners as well. Uh, and so a lot of work went into that. And so kudos to both the citizens of Louisville for investing in this uh, endeavor, but then the owners group stepped up big as well. So, you know, it's not just the soccer stadium itself, obviously, it's the mm -hmm. district itself that will have a minimum of $200 million worth of investment in, in it, uh, in terms of uh, residential, business, commercial, hotel, restaurants. And when you think about where our city is going, you can see, because right now in the city we have $13 billion of investment construction either announced or underway. Mm -hmm. So 200 million compared to 13 billion, you can say, well, this is really doable. Yeah. You know, because it is. And so it's just going to be a great compliment, you know, and I kind of look at it from a city planning standpoint too of, you know, if you kind of close your eyes and go on a little, you know, mystery, a magic carpet ride, you know, from the Ohio River over Waterfront Park and then the Stadium District and the Nulu, our healthcare district. And, Smoketown and Germantown and the Highlands, you know, I mean, it's a really cool area. It is. Yeah. You know, and I'd put that swath of land up against any other city in the country in terms of all the kind of variety of living and, mm -hmm. uh, and entertainment that you can have. And I th I'm proud that it's here in our city. So it just really ticked off a, uh, or checked off a bunch of boxes there. And I want to say the negotiation process, our team did a great job here. Jeff Mosley is our uh, general counsel. And you'll hear the Louisville City uh, team talk very uh, admirably about him. Mm -hmm. and, and Louisville City was a great group to work with. Uh, Mike Mountjoy, John Neese, all the others. Everybody approached this from how do we get a win for everybody here? Mm -hmm. And I can, I can tell you, not everybody that comes into this office you know, operates that way. Some people look at, we're just trying to get some dumb government money. Sure. You know, and we treat this money the government's, the citizens' money, as if it's our personal money mm -hmm. when we do deals. So the deal structure, uh, I was very pleased with the way it came out. I think it's good for everybody. Well, and it seemed just looking over what all was released to the public that it was the true spirit of a private-public partnership. Right. That when they use that expression, sometimes you feel like, well, okay, sure. But in this instance, it really did feel like the amount of outlay from taxpayer dollars was being massively offset by the amount of private investment and the job creation that was going along with it. And I remember being very proud to be both a citizen of Louisville mm -hmm. and an LCFC fan when that yeah. uh, when that was passed. Yeah, we want everybody to feel that way. And I was talking to some of the owners after the stadium dedication the other day. And when you think about the momentum of uh, 
land value and where, where the city is coming together, I think, uh, you know, this location just seems like it was meant to be. So I'm very hopeful that the stadium district will uh, develop around this in a really organic, nice way mm -hmm. and, you know, will look like it was always meant to be there. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that uh, the stadium will be being built, but it's also nice to have a team be in the community in general. Yeah. Uh, we've seen both on Twitter and on local news uh, some involvement from LCFC in some of the some of the projects that you've been putting into the community. I remember LCFC being involved in uh, the the Give a Day initiative that you uh, that you spearheaded, and also. Uh, involved in the the Beachmont uh, five versus five yeah. soccer field that was built. How have you felt that they have been as citizens of this of the city as well as representatives of it? That's good. I mean, you know, they're uh, they're young, energetic guys that obviously love the sport that they play. Uh, many of them are plopped down into a new city, so it's like, okay, how do I even connect with what's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, so the service work is a wonderful way to connect with people, and that uh, five on five field was cool to see uh, you know local kids were so excited about you know anything new so that's that new little soccer pitch that they have there was uh, fun and it's just you know sports are a very human type of uh, activity and there's competition but people are drawn to play and uh, mm -hmm. soccer of course is doing that in an increasingly uh, rapid fashion and people are fascinated by it. Kids mm -hmm. love to play it and so when they see one of the players there's some excitement behind that and, and our players should seem to be genuine and, and love for kids and for our community and trying to help out. And I mean I think that's how it, it's important that they're developing as athletes, no question about that. You know, but how do you develop as a person? How do you learn that you know we're here to make the world a better place together? And if you're a professional athlete like these guys are, how do you use that platform to help more people? And, I, and I've really uh, been impressed by uh, the, the players stepping up to do that. Yeah, nice. I know that you don't necessarily have a lot of say because it is privately owned and anything else that the new stadium could be used for, but there are going to be bars down there. There are, you know, they're going to have the big TV uh, that people can watch their soccer games on. What would you like to see? If anything, the new stadium used for you know Yum Center. I mean, we have music that comes there all the time. I mean, do you think it should be or should it be just soccer stuff like community leagues? No, no. The, the uh, you want to maximize the use of the facility, and we introduced uh, several folks to uh, Louisville City team so that they understood what kind of options were out there for okay. them, especially as it relates to concerts and such. Because you know they're looking at an asset there that they want to try to use at least 25, 30 times a year with mm -hmm. a, you know, a decent crowd coming in. Because that's a tough thing about stadiums, right? I mean, you build them for these games, but the games take place a very small percentage of the overall year. So uh, you've got a bunch of creative business people on Louisville City's uh, ownership group. So I would think that we'll be seeing some other type of fun, non-soccer stuff down in the stadium. Yeah. I think the more we can drive traffic uh, there and people see the beauty of the stadium, we'll come up with other ideas that they'll want to use it for. So, Baseball games. <laughs> <laughs> New kind of baseball game. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes my questions about uh, community involvement of LCFC and what it means to the city. I've got a couple of actual soccer questions for you now. We're, uh, we're coming off of... 
Uh, our last five games, we've drawn four of them and lost one. It's been one of the rougher stretches of LCFC performance since they were formed. What do you think the team needs to do to get back on the right track here under our three new player coaches? Well, we got to keep our legs fresh, which has been hard to do. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just been so hot and humid around here. And these coach transitions, you know, they can work either way. You see that, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by the character of our team uh, on and off. You know, we'll have three player coaches in there. I see our team coming together in a, in a real special kind of way and saying like we've had a little uh, change. I think they were proud of the coach because of mm -hmm. the opportunity that he, he had. He had that opportunity because of the players and they said, coach, you got to go. And uh, now I'm sure he said to them, okay, boys, it's up to you to win another championship here. So I forecast the team will come together in a very fierce uh, way to uh, close the season out strong and then get deep into the playoffs and make a run hopefully into that championship game. They know how to do that. We know how to get it done and we know we got the fans behind them as well. That's great. I have a request for you at the beginning of each one of our podcasts. We have our uh, our special guest that day toss a coin for us so we know if we're going to be starting with a uh, game review or a game preview. So we will trust in you to please toss this coin and we will know how our podcast should now, begin. Pat McMahon stole our fourth. He did. This is a, a backup. This is the secondary quarter. The original was probably going to make its way to the Smithsonian. But it uh, could be very valuable someday. Exactly. Okay. Well, then what, what, what's heads do? Uh, heads would mean that we would be starting our, our podcast with a game uh, preview okay. looking forward, and tails would be a game review going backwards. Right, well, let's see what happens here. Okay. We're on tails. Tails. This is episode 19 of the In the House podcast. And it is now 13 to 6 in favor of Tails. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting unreasonable. The laws of probability are not working out mm. like you would think they would be as far as our coin toss goes. Well, <laughs> you guys have a long run in front of you. so Here's how we have. Now, Mayor Fisher mentioned that he has 12 or 13 meetings in any given day. Yeah. He's undoubtedly going to fire his scheduler for having planned yeah. to allow us in the building. Yeah. So uh, we'll ask one final question. <laughs> this is... Uh, Loyal listeners will know Andy is going to ask his question of Mayor Fisher, and I, I wish you Godspeed with this question. I wonder how many people are going to listen to this and go, they're not actually going to ask it. Surely they're not going to ask it. I'm, I'm used to a lot of strange questions. I would imagine. Okay. In the last two decades, what movie, in your opinion, is a perfect metaphor for our championship season? Oh, well, that's relatively easy, actually. Excellent. You know, uh, I'm not sure I will cite one of the Star Wars movie, uh, but my boys and I are big Star Wars fans, so there's no question that the Force has been with us. Ah, there you <laughs> go. Uh, and uh, so, and I, I think the Force will be with us to the end. I mean, clearly, Louisville City uh, represents good and light, uh, and, and occasionally we fight dark and evil, and we yeah. all know that good and light prevails. Yeah. Plus, Mace Windu's lightsaber was purple. So It was, that's true. And Paco Craig wears a Jedi braid, and we're now going to be being led out onto the field by Luke Skywalker uh, Spencer. Yeah. So See, it's all right there in front of us. It's a perfect answer. Mayor Fisher, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for Thank having us so in. Much. All right, well, I appreciate Scouse's house and all your listeners, and we'll see you at the game. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Okay.
Welcome back. That was the mayor. Uh, God, he was good. He's You did a good job. Oh, you carried us, buddy. I did no such thing. You carried I us. I asked him how he got hyped for a game. That's yeah, he did. Carrying. I thought it was a perfectly reasonable question. Wow. People have different methods that they use. Uh, and it was funny to think of Greg Fisher sitting in his, uh, you know, I'm assuming like <laughs> Hyundai. I don't really know. I don't. I don't know what Mayor Fisher drives, but banging his head on the uh, on the dashboard that that was amusing to me. Yeah. Uh, no, he was like we say. He was very courteous with their time. I'm thrilled that they gave us the ability to get to talk to him. So cool. And uh, no, he's as we told him shortly after the the episode stopped recording. He is always welcome in Scouse's house if uh, the people in the Cooper section decide he's not drumming clean enough for him. He is a uh, he's a delight, and uh, we really appreciated him taking the time. Yeah. But we've got purple stuff to get we to. Do, we yeah, can't just purple. bask in former glory of uh, interviewing successful Louisvillian politicians. No. We have to focus on the purple stuff. So uh, you got your glass? I do. Cheers. Ah, all right. That is tasty. That's uh, yours was was yours warm and creamy. Mine was warm and creamy. Mine was cold. And refreshing? And refreshing. Well, there you go. Very different purple stuffs this evening. Okay, so first bit of news you may have heard. We uh, broke ground on the new stadium. Woo! It got sort of... I feel bad for Scott Stewart and LCFC that uh, this enormous story, this enormous and monumental undertaking and great achievement for the club... Kind of got like 12 hours of being interesting before yeah. the news broke about Coach O'Connor. But I went to the groundbreaking ceremony. It was 7 billion degrees. Uh, met with Scouts while we were there. Met with some of the other supporters groups and uh, some of the politicians and some of the owners. And they were all very courteous. They were all kind with their time. They were polite. They were interesting. And all of them were so excited. Everybody was just you know, it was a crazy amount of positivity about the future of this stadium, about the future of this club. Yeah. It's going to be so great to have a house of our own. We've gone into detail on this podcast about what we hope we'll see, what we want. But this is the nice, tangible moment to go, yeah, they're building it. Yeah. You know, they're building this thing. Uh, there's no other hurdles that have to be jumped through. There's no other, you know, this is this is a thing that is happening. No now. more votes. No more looking for funding. No more. No, this is it. Yeah, they're they're building it. So it's it's exciting as all get out, and uh, the new mock-ups look amazing. It's gonna be it's gonna be you know the the crown jewel of the USL, and that's phenomenal. Much like our team is. Yeah. So it's. I, I get I got a little choked up while it was happening thinking about you know where this club has gone from from day one of hey there's gonna be a USL team in Louisville to 65 million dollar stadium being built in Butchertown yeah that we're gonna get to go to we're gonna get to watch games in it's exciting there's no other yeah. there's no other word for it so that's our first piece of purple stuff is the groundbreaking if you haven't gone on the website and looked at the pictures yet go check out the renderings man because they are special. It's going to be a lot of fun. Eight bars. Eight. Eight of them. Yeah. And Brad Estes promised, he didn't promise, Brad Estes promised that Andy will be in charge of supplying all of those eight bars with alcohol. Yeah. So way to go, Andy. On record. Yeah. That's uh, that, not on record. No, it's not on record at all. He made no such promises. Um, crazy exciting. That's it. Yeah. The second piece of news, our coach uh, left the team. 
Uh, it's, Turns out <laughs> it's been gone into in great detail by everybody who covers this team. Every podcast, every uh, newspaper article, every radio show, every everything. It's been covered. So I'm not going to try to break down the, the order in which things happened. I'm not going to try to no, find some crazy that. new angle. We'll just say that Coach O'Connor is leaving. And we'll say that there are people who are upset that he left during the middle of the season and feel like it maybe wasn't done completely above board. I'm not one of those people. I think that jobs like that only come open so often, especially jobs that he had a personal connection to. Yeah. I think that uh, it feels like he wasn't playing hard to get, but that he legitimately turned it down at least once because he couldn't leave our boys. But you also got to remember, this is a USL coach. This isn't, you know... This isn't Jurgen Klopp. He's not making millions of dollars a year coaching Louisville City Football Club. He's got a family to support. He's got family decisions to make. It's a club that brought him to America in the first place. I don't begrudge him at all. No. If he had left at halftime of a game, I wouldn't begrudge him at all. you got to make decisions first for your family. Yeah. And then... He made it very clear Yeah. that that was the deciding factor. Right. This was not about, you know, crazy, just blind ambition you got to do stuff for your family. I'm, and I don't, I'm I don't feel bad at that. I, I thought that he mostly got a really great send-off uh, at, at the game. Yeah. There, were a lot of, there was a lot of great applause. Heard a lot of James O'Connor's Purple Army chants. Yeah, he called out the Coopers. He called out Scouse's house. Yeah, he thanked the mayor. He thanked oh, the ownership. He was gracious. And uh, I think Orlando City is getting two I, great coaches in I Coach O'Connor and Coach Brown. That also is one of the things that kind of makes it easy for me it makes it easier to take is that he wasn't just like that yeah he didn't just walk off the field he didn't just like because he could have yeah he could have been like game over back well, have to go pack no like you can tell he is appreciative yeah of everything that Louisville has done with him and for him well and he's such a focused and driven dude that anybody who's spent any time around him or just spent time watching his press conferences or any of his interviews, he's so determined yeah. and so laser-focused that I, I think that seeing him choke up a little bit while yeah. he was addressing the crowd, it humanized him a little bit, and I think that may have taken some of the sting out of him leaving. I think, you know, we're not very likely to build a James O'Connor statue anymore. I think that's significantly <laughs> yeah. less likely. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, he's the first chapter of this club their history is James O'Connor. So once you get past the owners putting this thing together in the first place, he built the team and brought the team together, coached mm -hmm. the team up, and led them to wins. And so I'm thankful for Coach O'Connor and Coach Bird forever. Uh, they, they made this something special, and now it's up to the Louisville City front office to bring this thing home, you yeah. know? Because here's the thing, and I talked to Scott Stewart about this at length, about... Who's making the decisions now? Because Coach O'Connor was not just the head coach. No. He was also the technical director and the general manager and the head scout. And he, had a lot he of was control over he that. and Coach Bird were the entirety of the soccer operation, minus Coach Sutu coaching the goalkeepers. Coach Bird and Coach O'Connor did all of it. All of it. So that means that our front office is populated by a lot of very smart businessmen. Mm -hmm. Very capable executives, mm -hmm. very capable functionaries, but not necessarily any soccer people. 
we talked to Brad last yeah. week, and he, you know, is comfortable with the idea that he is not a soccer guy. He doesn't try to pretend to be a soccer mm-hmm. guy. He's a soccer fan. He's learning more about soccer all the time. But now, all of these very successful businessmen mm-hmm. have to make a soccer decision. Yeah. How do you find the best possible coach to lead this team going forward when you don't maybe know what makes for a great coach? How, like, I mean, obviously, the comparison to, and maybe not, actually, but, like, in this search, how often do you think they're comparing him to Coach O'Connor? Like, ways that he would answer questions, like his attitude toward logistics and stuff like that. Like, how... That's a fair question, and I think that I obviously I'm not answering for the front office. I'm not in the front office, and I have my conversations are limited to like you know ten minutes a week of them humoring me. Right. And so, what my guess would be on that front is, Coach O'Connor was great at a lot of things, mm-hmm. but handling the media wasn't really his strong suit. No. Uh, the coach's radio show was sometimes entertaining and sometimes enlightening and sometimes less and sometimes more. I thought Howie Lindsay and Tony Vanetti before him did a great job, but Coach O'Connor's not very forthcoming. That's just not his style. And so uh, I, I think that you know they might be hoping to have somebody who was a little more media friendly, a more pleasant face of the franchise would be my guess. Uh, but before that, it's about soccer because. I don't care how Patino. I don't. I don't care how warm and cuddly and friendly you are with the press. If you're not winning games, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, the names that have been thrown out are all basically the same five, six names, and that's and that's fine. I don't know enough about those guys to have an opinion. Uh, my experience with all of them is just sort of tangential to whatever I've seen of the teams that they have been associated with. Right. And uh, if it's not Arsenal's head coach, and it's not. Loose City's head coach. I, I don't watch it enough to know. Zinedine Zidane. And we're not bringing Arsene Wenger over here. <laughs> Although that would be freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't think Zinedine Zidane left. Uh, I don't think that he left Real thinking, you know, it would be a nice career change for me. He, he loves bourbon and he's just. Uh, Turns out. Uh, no, I mean, here, we're not in the market for a coach like that. Let's not. But don't. No, don't. I know, just don't. I know. It's just fun. But we are, perhaps. And I I saw this tweeted out by Kenny Allward, and I saw this uh, commented on by uh, Scott Stewart. But we're maybe the premier U.S. soccer job available right now. Of all the professional soccer jobs, yeah, we're probably the number one job. This is a good team coming off a championship. Yeah, this is a team that is right in the playoff hunt. That's still alive in the U.S. Open Cup. That's got a new stadium being built. That's got growing crowd support. That okay. has shown a willingness to maybe not overpay, but at least to pay market value for what they're expecting. And so I think that if you are a head soccer coach in the United States of America, there's not a better job for you to take right now than this one. And so while maybe we couldn't just have everybody or anybody we wanted, we get pretty good. We should have our choice of the guys who yeah. are in the market for a job like this. So uh, I, I want the I want the front office to take their time. I want them to get it right. I want them to do their due diligence. I want them to call and talk to me about it every day. That's probably unreasonable. Brad's gonna call right now. I don't think he is. But I, I want them to take their time and get the right guy here. And here's the real thing. I've said from the beginning that I trust in Coach O'Connor, and that is completely true. 
He's not here anymore. He's not coming back for the foreseeable future. So now it's time to trust in the front office. They have had their ups and downs, but all told, they have taken nothing and turned it into a destination job with a new, brand new stadium being built. They have built a franchise from nothing to something that we spend hours a week watching and talking about, and that's exciting. Yeah, I trust Brad, John Neese, Mr. Mountjoy. I trust uh, Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. I trust the whole leadership group to make a good decision about what to do. And that if they don't know what to do, mm-hmm. I trust them to get advice from the people who do. Those guys aren't as successful as they are from just doing things willy-nilly because they have the ability to. No. They're going to get the best information from the best people, and they're going to make the best decision possible. And if they don't, we'll be the first ones who tell them. Like, if they end up hiring, you know, yeah. let's say uh, that they hire Jordan Cooper who is a great podcast host, who knows a lot of interesting things about soccer, extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. But if they end up hiring a schmuck like him or me or, you know, friggin' Tom Farmer, then we know that their ownership doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Right. And it's not their fault, but it is their fault if they don't do what they need to do, the due diligence, to get the right guy. But that's not the case. It is not, we hope. So hopefully we hear in the next couple of weeks... Here are the list of names of the guys that we've approached. We're trying to, we're coming to offer terms with so and so. I hope there's a little bit of transparency here. I hope they don't have to be transparent about it, and they don't want to leak a name and then not get it done. Right. So, I hope we hear some actual information and not just we're taking this search seriously. But this is the first time that we've gone through anything remotely like this yeah. with this club, and how they handle it in public will be instructive about uh, what this club wants its relationship with the press and their fanhood to be. Yeah. Because we all want to feel involved. I just made a joke two minutes ago about wanting to be called every day, and that's not true. But I do, if I were to call the front office and want to sort of get a check-in, I hope they're willing to say something and not just, we're doing our best. I hope. And I hope that when real media calls them, they take it even more seriously than that. Yeah. So, Andy, email them every day. Oh, well. Okay. Carrier pigeon. It's it's the most important decision that we've had to make in years for the club, and it's important that they get it right. And so take your time. Do your diligence. That's it. That's all I got for that. I feel like that was bantery. It was bantery. I don't have anything else that I need to be said today. No. Do you? Not really. No? I heard that you had one thing that you uh, were not thrilled about about the New York game this week. Oh, yeah. I don't... We're about inclusion. I get it. I get it. Scouse's house is all about inclusion. We love all of the people. All of the people. But I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't annoyed and curious about the Red Bulls fans. In our section. In our section. Yeah. Yeah. So here, because here's my thing. Mm-hmm. It seems to me, if I, if somebody, if an LCFC fan buys a general admission ticket, mm-hmm. right, and tries to walk up to the patio, mm-hmm. security turns them away. Yes. Right. So you're saying LCFC fan can't come down here. Yeah. 
But you've got about 30 Red Bulls fans. 30 is a generous shortage. Who did get to come down there. Yeah. To me, and I get it, like you have to buy specific tickets. Sure. I get it. But it still seems like kind of a... Yeah. So we talked to Dave Wachovic after the game. Yeah. And it seems like what happened here, and I may have some of the details a little off, and if I do, don't, don't, don't at me, because I don't care. Uh, it seems to me that what happened is that uh, they sold a uh, group ticket package mm-hmm. for, the, for the other half of Scouse's house, which, in all honesty, we were told they weren't going to do anymore. But we also generally don't care. If uh, as long as they don't encroach on the space it takes for 200 Scouse's House fans, we don't really care what they do with the other 150 seats over there. Right. Uh, and it's good to have it filled up. And ha- you know, some of our members are people who showed up for a corporate event, loved it, and bought season tickets because of the time they had over there. Right. But it looks like they sold a group package to a local soccer team, a youth soccer team. Okay. That the head coach of that local soccer team, his son, plays for New York Red Bulls too. That's my understanding. And so they were, because they all know this professional soccer player, they are naturally, they naturally uh, have an affinity for him and chose to cheer. Now, if that had been a group of a hundred adults cheering that loudly and obnoxiously for New York Red Bulls to in a Scouse's house area, I feel no compunction about the fact that we would have shut them down. There would have been shouting, there would have been screaming, they wouldn't have come to blows, but we would have mocked them into submission, made them feel bad about themselves and their life choices. But it was children. It was about 59-year-olds screaming, and I don't have it in me to shout down a 9-year-old. I have it in me to glare at them, but I can't bring myself to try to make a nine-year-old feel bad about himself when all he's trying to do is be passionate about soccer. Uh, my understanding is they're going to go through a more intense vetting process to make sure that no away supporters end up in a Louisville City supporters group section again. There are sections of the stadium specifically set up yeah. for away supporters, and uh, they're going to do their best to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, it was unfortunate. Uh it was annoying, but these things happen. These things happen. I guess that's my thing. I'm not mad at the kids for wanting to support their coach's kid. Support their coach's kid, or I'm not mad at I'm not mad at any child for wanting to get in for for wanting to you know have watch cool some soccer, have cool like, seats, and cheer on. Yeah, team. I'm not mad at him, but uh, get out. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> stop that. Uh, no, my, apparently they didn't bother mentioning when they bought the group passes that they were Red Bulls, uh, going to be supporting the Red Bulls. That seems shady. And so you end up with a opposing supporters group in our supporters section, and not in a way where we felt comfortable to shut them down. There's a whole grassy area. Yep. For kids. There is, and then there is an entire supporters section for away supporters. It could have been handled differently, but they didn't announce to Dave Wachovic that that's what was happening. Mad at Dave. No, but he did sell them the tickets. So I'm yeah. not mad at him. I mean, essentially, it kind of sounds like they they hoodwinked us. They hoodwinked us. Well, we're gonna do our best to make sure that doesn't happen again. So because I can't hold my wife back. No, she was she was she cheesed. was visibly mad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if we had not been standing between her and them, there would have been a nine year old on the field. Yeah, 
So it is what it is. You know, they get naturally excited and uh, they enjoyed chanting uh, things that annoyed us, but we didn't feel comfortable uh, doing anything to stop them. So we were chanting over them, but uh, when they, we gave up three consecutive goals, it was it was awkward. It was awkward, and uh, we need to do better as a supporters group, and uh, Lucid needs to do better about ensuring mm-hmm. proper division of people because yeah. that could have turned ugly if Whew. if two or three of the black sheep had been there that weren't. That would have turned ugly. Yeah. And so uh, it's just one of those things. So I don't want to end on that. So let's end on talking about uh, the fact that we've got a lot of sponsors who've done a lot of good for us. There you go. Uh, uh, we we want to, as always, throw out a big thank you to uh, Matt Sloan and the great people at Groundworks because they do great work. They've done some great work in my backyard recently. They're booked up. I mean, it's summertime. People are wanting to, you know, do some new landscaping. People yeah. are wanting to get, you know, people are tired of mowing in 95-degree heat. But uh, so if you want to get on their records, get a, give, a shout. give a call over to Groundworks. Go on their Facebook page. Go on their website. Mm-hmm. That's Groundworks with an X at the end, one word. I'm still trying to get them to build me a... Uh, Edward Scissorhands-like dinosaur in my front yard. And He's frankly, working on it, I was going to say, frankly, he could probably get it done. Yeah. So, uh, We also want to thank Kinder Hearts. We want to thank Melwood Tavern. Woo! We want to thank uh, all of our uh, all of our supporters. We want to thank all of our contributors. It's been wonderful getting to work with all of you this year. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you from my heart. Scouse's House is thrilled to partner with Kentucky Refugee Ministries. Oh, yeah. So if you uh, have it in you to, uh, in these sort of trying political climates for refugees, now is a great time to be contributing instead of just sort of angrily venting on Facebook about what you think is happening. Maybe uh, give Kentucky Refugees and Ministries a call. I know Shane and Allward just signed up to be a a volunteer ambassador for them. Oh, wow. Uh, So if you get a chance, you know, if you've got some time to volunteer, you got some money to throw their way. They're a great organization that does great things for, uh, you know, our neighbors. They're our neighbors. So treat them that way. Yeah. Uh, That's all we've got for tonight. Uh, Thanks so much again to Mayor Greg Fisher. (laughs) Old Greg, as we call him. G-Fish. Yeah, he was was super kind to give us his time. And uh, we, you know, our our minds are blown that we got to do this. Thanks so much to everybody. And uh, as always, go Go City. City.